nurses and hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. COVID-19 has caused great chaos in the world, especially in healthcare. Erroneous information, fake news, healthcare workers made to work with little or no PPEs in unsafe hospitals, Many small businesses have had to shut down, which will have devastating economic ramifications for everyone. Is the solution to leading us out of the chaos nurses in leadership positions? In this episode, we talk to Dr. Beth Haney. She's the mayor of Yorba Linda, California, and she's also a small business owner. This is an episode you won't want to miss. But first, a word from our sponsor. Nurses and nursing students, all healthcare workers, really, we have a lot of documents to keep up with. And unfortunately, care facilities don't help much. That's where Nurse Backpack comes in. This app is great. It's easy. It's free. And now you can carry all those licenses, credentials, records, and things your workplace wants on your phone. You can even add work history and other records like CEs. To add or update your info, type it in or photograph the docs front and back. It's really that simple. And then all you have to do is set reminder dates for expirations and renewals. You're putting a lot in there. So Nurse Backpack is already secured for you. Plus you choose when and if you share your resume. You can send it to yourself, your manager, or as a job application just with a few clicks. You're not a filing cabinet. You're a healthcare professional. Don't let paperwork cause mischiefs or worse. This is the most complete document assistant you can get for healthcare. It's an app and it's free. Download Nurse Backpack today. Right. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Beth Haney. Hi, thank you. Nice to be here. Nice to be. I've been writing about you for quite a long time, which you're one of my favorite people to write about because you've done so much, which I love. You know, and I think all nurses should strive to be like you. You know, sometimes nurses feel that they're so in a box and all they can do is one thing, but there are so many things we could do nowadays, right? Oh, for sure. When, uh, I mean, years ago and even still today a little bit, you know, nursing people that were interested in going into nursing, they were like, well, I don't want to be, you know, at the bedside all the time. I, you know, I'm not sure if I can handle blood and you know, all this. And I'm like, there is so much you can do as a nurse. You can work for insurance companies. You can work for attorneys. You can work in the hospital. You can work in a doctor's office. You can work in a nurse practitioner's office. I mean, it's like, it's pretty limitless, like what you can do as a nurse. So true. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been a nurse practitioner for 20 years. And uh, before that, I was a nurse for about five, seven years or so. And then um, in 2010, I decided to go back for my um, doctorate in nursing practice at University of Colorado. And then I had my sights set on um, teaching. And so that's why I got my doctorate. And so uh, I was hired right away by the University of California, Irvine in their nurse practitioner program. And so I was teaching part-time and then also had my um, cosmetic dermatology or aesthetics practice. And I opened that practice in, in 2006. Um, 
but before then, way before, when I was 21, I opened a hair salon. And, you know, I thought I was going to do hair until I was, you know, ready to retire. But then as I was doing it, for, you know, over the years, I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't stand behind this chair, all, you know, the whole time. I need, I need to stimulate my brain a little bit more. So I decided to go to nursing school. And then uh, I went to Loma Linda for undergraduate and my graduate degree and then um, kind of went, went on from there. That's totally awesome. And you forgot one major component of what you're doing right now. Oh, <laughs> right. So, uh, so to, to back up just a little bit, I, um, since I was teaching and very involved with nurse practitioners and my professional organization, the California Association for Nurse Practitioners, I served on that board of directors and ultimately as president um, for a total of 10 years. So I was president for two years. And uh, I learned a lot about systems organization, um, how to uh, lead an organization where you're responsible for other people's money, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> you're also responsible for promoting a profession. And um, so that was very interesting. Meanwhile, I, got, I also got involved with the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. And currently I'm serving on the health policy committee for the national organization. And, uh, you know, just throughout the years, I've been very, very into uh, policy development um, and the legislation and regulation for nurses and nurse practitioners, especially in California, because California is a very interesting state, to say the least. And um, so when my term as past president on the California Association for Nurse Practitioners was up, I was like, well, now what am I going to do? I have all this, like, I felt like I, I could contribute still to society yeah. and my community. And so I thought, well, I'm going to see what the city council looks like. So I went on the city's website, your Belinda's website, and found that there were three, three of the five seats up for election. And so I thought, well, geez, three, I've got to, I might have a chance. That's amazing. Yeah, so I, I threw my hat in the ring uh, in August, and then in three months, I ran a campaign that unseated an incumbent, which was shocking. It was, it, to this day, my, the city manager even mentions that. He's like, man, that's, that's pretty much unheard of. And I believe that one of the reasons that I won is because um, I'm a nurse practitioner and a nurse and people trust nurses. I mean, we're the number one trusted profession in the country and the only right. time the we Gallup poll. Yeah. The only time we were knocked down to number two is when uh, 9-11 happened and then firemen were number one. It's true. I think it's 17 years in the running now as number one yeah. with the yeah. Gallup poll. Yeah. Now it's like, of course, after this forever, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. Yeah. That's great. And now you are the mayor of Yorba Linda, correct? Oh, correct. So in uh, Yorba Linda and most, uh, I would say, uh, lots of the cities in Orange County and, and probably all over the country, there's, uh, there's elected mayors where they are elected as mayor and they serve their term as mayor. So they, they have a four-year, you know, three to four-year term as mayor. In Yorba Linda, we're one of the cities that has a, an elected city council. 
for four years. Mm -hmm. And so the um, mayor is like a rotating mayorship. Oh, neat. And the council actually appoints you or elects you as mayor for one year. And then you, you know, it kind of rotates around. I really like that because usually people who vote for mayor, it's like a popularity contest. Right. Right. But I really like that where it's your own peers who understand politics and what needs to be done, go ahead and vote in the right person for the right, for the job. And right now you are perfect for it. <laughs> yes, this was, uh, this was very in interesting because I, I became mayor in December. Wow. Yeah. Then we were kind of hearing these chirps on the horizon uh, about this weird virus. Right. Like, uh oh, what uh, what's coming for us? And turns out, you know, it was. I feel like it was meant to be that. Um, you know, I'm a small business owner and a nurse practitioner, serving as mayor, and so I have a pretty broad perspective, personal perspective on on uh, these things that are going on. Yeah, it's very serendipitous. It's you're the right person for the job at the right moment. So. Can you kind of put into perspective on what you can tell us about what has been going on in your district and how you've been able to handle it as a nurse practitioner and as a small business owner? So it's been very, very challenging. Um, although my, your Belinda is a city of about 60, almost 69,000 people. And we are a largely a residential community. So we don't have lots and lots of industry like our neighbor Anaheim they have a huge amount of industry they've got Disneyland hundreds of maybe even a thousand restaurants and so that community has been hit very hard whereas we are a smaller uh, they call it a bedroom community yes we have some some international um, businesses but most of our businesses are I would say are mom and pop and so including my own so um when when this when the governor instituted that shelter in place or the stay at home orders yeah my you know your Belinda has been very receptive to that we have um 20 some percent of our population is over 60 years old so there's oh, wow. a, a little bit of a you know they're calling it a graying of the population and so everyone has been just so great as far as um, donating supplies or staying at home or shopping for neighbors if they can't go out or um, just everything. And so um, as far as handling this, this crisis, I've been extremely active on uh, social media, also through this, you know, with the city as well. The city actually produced a uh, message from the mayor where I, um, did a video. It was about a three or four minute video on, you know, things like uh, what we're what we're doing, what we have done. Like I've sent I sent letters to all of the residential and commercial landlords to ask them to work with their tenants because in the long run you don't want tenants to go bankrupt or leave and not exactly and the business is gone and now you have an empty spot. So it's better to work with them and see if they can't, you know, if they can't make rent for this month or next month or three months, it's not that you're forgiving that rent. You're just going to make it easier for them to pay it like over installments over the next year, you know? So it's, it's a lot of things like that. And then, um, 
Um, so the web, oh, then we also did a webinar for, um, I was with uh, assembly member Philip Chen and one of my council members, Carlos Rodriguez, and also in the Small Business Development Center. Uh, just last week, we produced a, um, a webinar that was really fantastic. I mean, I was only on for like a couple minutes in the beginning, but it was a fantastic presentation by the um, SBDC, they call it. It's America's SBDC, and if you go on their website, it is phenomenal. Because it's a national organization, but they have regional centers, and those centers provide free resources to all small businesses. I mean, it's... Yeah, I've, I've attended some of their conferences. They're great. Really informative. A lot of free information. And yeah. it seems like an organization that really wants to help small business. Yes, definitely. And then we have uh, communities like today, the uh, Sunrise Rotary, Herbalina Sunrise Rotary, made face shields. Oh, and nice. Masks for healthcare providers, and they went and delivered them today to three uh, facilities. And uh, yeah, our community is just—it's—it really is fantastic. And then, uh, so as far as like how we're handling and, and what I'm doing as mayor, um, I'm attending the Orange County Mayor's calls, and and they're weekly. And a weekly United States Mayor's call, which is which has a thousand mayors on it at least. And then Homeland Security, I have calls with them once a week. Wow. Uh, the White House once a week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a huge amount of, of information. And so, you know, there's a lot of talk now about testing and how reliable that is. Um, so right now, I was just, uh, yesterday, I was appointed to uh, the Orange County Supervisors, Board of Supervisors Task Force for the COVID-19 testing. And, uh, you know, based on our meeting, which is coming up next week, uh, we'll be figuring out how to reopen. I'm the only nurse practitioner on, the, on that task force and one of three medical providers. The other one, one is a podiatrist. The other one is, a, um, is our Orange County Health Department medical officer. And the rest are all supervisors, analysts, economists. So we're going to hopefully sit down and, well, I know we're going to sit down and try and figure out how to open Orange County cities responsibly. That's really great. I heard the mayor of Orange County yesterday on KCRW, and he was talking about how the beaches are to stay open. I mean, they're not opening up the parking lots because it's in the 90s now in California and in Southern California in particular. But they're not opening up the parking lots, but you're able to go on the beaches. And he was encouraging people uh, to practice social distancing, being out in the beach. I mean, the UV rays and the sun does kill viruses. I pulled an article myself from 2005, you know. But, uh, yeah, which I think is a good thing. I do believe uh, being outside and getting healthy vitamin D does help people. It does help your mood and everything like that, and it helps to curb off depression as well. But going, back to your, but going back to your nursing experience, I mean, you bring so much to your new role as mayor. How can other nurses, I mean, what advice would you want to give to other nurses who may be in a situation right now working at the bedside? They didn't get the PPEs. Their administrators are fighting back and forth. Maybe some of them have gone out and um, picketed, you know, and uh, 
maybe some of them had to be sent home on administrative leave with pay because they refused to work without proper PPEs. What would you give them? Because I know I, I was telling you a little bit before uh, recording the podcast about a Facebook thread that I was on where some nurses, and this was at St. John's Hospital, it was an article, they got put on administrative leave with pay uh, because they didn't have proper PPEs. Um, the physicians were given PPEs and they were not. So a nurse was like, oh, this really sucks. I go, but they got pay, you know, first of all. But then again, I brought up the situation where perhaps at that organization, there was already issues, you know, and it's just kind of imploded, which someone else told me, yes, that is true. Uh, and, you know, what the person that I was going back and forth with, she said, well, this is game over. We are now in like the Great Depression. There's nothing anybody can do. People have lost their jobs and it's the end. Like you cannot create anything and we're all doomed, you know? And I was just like, it's not over till you're dead, baby, you know? So, <laughs> like, what can, what advice can you give? Because you've done so many amazing things and gotten out of your nurse box and gone on to really lead in a very pivotal time. Well, I think uh, one piece of advice would be to stay off of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> people and Twitter, you know, people are going crazy. Um, and that's one thing about social media is fear and misinformation yeah. spreads immediately, instantly and widely. And the, the optimistic news or, or the, the real science doesn't seem to get the eyeballs on it. That it, so it's true. And so I think that people just, you know, should take a step back and, and kind of look at things objectively figure out where where is this piece of information coming from is it coming from the NIH is it coming from the CDC is it coming from Anthony Fauci or is it coming from your neighbor down the street who is right. a bunch of, of information based on what he saw at the you know the front page of a, of a newspaper at the at the store you know I don't I don't know but you that's what I'd recommend is just kind of finding out where you're getting your information. Um, and then as far as nurses, you know, I think that this crisis really highlighted inadequacies, not only in maybe how certain governments are running, uh, maybe how information is getting disseminated, but also in hospitals and the medical field itself. Because what we're finding now is that telemedicine has been really, first of all, it's been uh, very widely used successfully. You know, now they're trying to get the payment and all this uh, figured out, which there's too many facilities and too many, uh, too many organizations trying to figure that out. So I'm, I'm not involved with that, but they're, they're coming to grips with how to pay people to do that. And it's, it kind of seems like that's going to be the way we're, we're going to go. I was on a a uh, Zoom call with the CEO of the University of California, Irvine, and he was saying that, gosh, you know, this telemedicine is awesome, uh, but there are certain things we can't do because I was asking him, I'm like, I, I'm a primary care provider. I can't do a physical exam on Zoom. 
or gel right. medicine. Or like a pap smear or like a rectal. Yeah. I mean, like those things are really important. I mean, you could kind of look at tonsils, <laughs> but yes and right. no. How are you going to get in their ears? You yeah, how are you going to get through? So, uh, you know, he was saying, well, those are things we're definitely going to be working on. But, you know, so I think that we're going to see a shift in nursing and a shift in medicine to more uh, telemedicine. Right. Um, but if nurses are caught, and I say this to anyone who's in, in any kind of situation, whether it's domestic violence, uh, bad workplace, um, whatever it is, um, you know, look at your surroundings, determine if you want to be there or if it's safe for you to be there and then start looking at options and then make your move. I mean, nothing is stopping you. Nothing is stopping you. So that is a wonderful point and, and very well said and very well brought across. And like I mentioned before, when we were talking, sometimes you have to go out of your box in order to get there and, and stuff like you did. You're like, Hey, I'm going to go out of my nurse box and run for city council. What do I got to do to do that? You know, and, and you had to learn how to set up a campaign, you yes. know, right? Hire a campaign yes. manager, get people to vote for you, you know, and it's all a process, but it's all a learning process. And I'm sure you had a ton of fun doing it, right? It was a it lot was, of work, but yeah, fun. it was, it was, oh my gosh, it was so much work, especially trying to do it within three months, you know, August, September, October, and then November was voting. And, um, you know, my husband really helped out. We were, you know, he was, he was putting, um, those yard signs up, you know, at night after work and we were going in the morning and then afterwards, you know, after the, the campaign was over and the election was over, we had to go and collect all of them. But, you know, all those, all those campaign signs, uh, they cost money. They're, yeah. They can be about $3 a piece. Wow. I mean, they're expensive. And then those mailers that you have to mail out, which is basically like junk mail, and I remember when I was um, talking, you know, we were kind of interviewing each other, my campaign manager and I, when this whole thing started. And uh, I was like, well, you know, there's three things I'm not going to do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do those terrible yard signs. It looks like litter <laughs> for the city. And he's like, I know you're definitely doing those. Those work. I'm like, oh, okay. And then, uh, well, I don't want to do those mailers because direct mail doesn't work. I have a business and they, they're terrible. They don't work. And he's like, no, you're doing those mailers because <laughs> the more you do them, people look at it, they'll see, yeah. your, they'll see what you stand for. They'll see that you're a nurse and a nurse practitioner. And then if they throw it in the trash after three seconds, who cares? You want them to see you. Right. Like, okay. And get familiar with your name. And then the other, the last one was, I'm not going to run a negative campaign. And I stuck to that one. I'm not running it. I, there's no reason for me to slam other candidates. No reason at all. I'm going to run on my merits and then see what happens. And so, That's yeah, excellent. it was interesting. But it was, it was, it was fun. I was knocking on doors. We visited with lots of residents and uh, it was really fun. And, you know, I, I really encourage nurses to go into politics. It doesn't necessarily, you don't have to run for Senate, you know, but just get involved somehow because we need nurses. You know, nurses are critical thinkers. They, they, they take care of people. I mean, who better really to take care of a, of a community than a nurse for goodness sake. You know, we, we look at evidence, we make decisions based on data and real science and, and uh, we're analytical, you know, I think, I don't think there's anyone better than nurses to run and be in office. I so agree. <laughs> 
So to wrap this up, um, it's been so informative and I do hope that more nurses will run for office or at least stop complaining and do more at their job to get what they need in a leadership issue, you know, instead of maybe just going on TikTok or social media or picketing, um, it's like they could do more, either write letters, write to their senators, run for office. Yes. Or, you know, the other thing too is that you want to excel in your position. If you want to move up and, and for example, if you're, if you are acting or if you're a floor nurse um, and you want to be supervisor or day shift supervisor or supervisor of the ER or the CEO of the hospital, you are going to have to excel in your position where you're at. And it takes work. And some, sometimes people just don't want to put the work in, but it does. It takes the work to really get established in your role, become an expert in your role, as we know as nurses, and then um, take action and don't be afraid. That's the other thing too, is I think a lot of nurses, you know, 90% of nurses are women, right? I think a lot of nurses are afraid to step there, do something different. And, you know, it's pretty amazing what, what you can do. It, take that first step. It's very, very true. And I was watching a podcast with a former CIA agent who was a very beautiful female. And she was like, you got to go in there with your goal. Like, what do you want to achieve? When you go into a meeting, you got to have what exactly. you need and want and go in there. And I was on a meeting yesterday with the University of Alabama. And um, they were like, yeah, nurses and women in general don't want to do that. They're afraid to ask for what they really no. want. Mm-hmm. Or another thing that, that we tend to do is uh, wait until we feel like we are fully prepared to, to ask for that promotion yes. or to step into another role. We, we wait for that. Meanwhile, uh, men, on the other hand, tend to be like, hey, I'm going to wing it, man. I'm going to get that <laughs> job and then I'm going to. And I'm going to do it, you know? And so it's like, yeah, we just have to do that. It's true. We do. We have to learn to, it's okay if you don't know how to do everything. You got to, you, what I do is when I get into those positions, I'm like, hey, this is new for me, but this You're is going to learn it. Do, but I'm going to learn this and this is what I could do for you. And people are That's like, right. okay, let's do it. You know? Yep. So it, it's really a lot of fun when you do that. But it is very intimidating because I know for myself, when I started doing that, I would like, people would be like, yeah, let's work together. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I would be like, whoa, what? You said yes? <laughs> no, yes, no, right. Step up and do it. So, yeah. And then uh, you step forward and you just go. Right. Be shocked at what you can do. So, uh, well, this has been an awesome podcast. And I've loved having you on. Like I said, I love writing about you because you're a phenomenal person. You've done so Thank much. You for the profession, still continue to do so much and for your community. Like I said, this has been great. And so your time to be near, you know, and, and be yeah. this leader and stuff. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening, nurses and hypochondriacs. Till next time. Stay focused and organized. One way you could do that is by downloading the Nurse Backpack app which enables you to keep all your credentials in one place and to send it to your nurse manager, your recruiter, or to that next dream job. Download the app today. The link is located in our show notes.
The World Health Organization has designated 2020 as the year of the nurse and midwife in honor of the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. And did you know that nurses have an 18-year running streak of being the number one most ethical and honest profession in all of America? Rogue Nurse Media 501c3 is going warp speed into this 2020 year of the nurse. We're sponsoring art exhibitions, murals, networking events, movie screenings, and writing webinars to promote the positive image of nurses in the media. We'd love for you to join our team. We're looking for volunteers and sponsors to help us go forward with this amazing journey. For more information, email us at nursesandhypochondriacs at gmail.com. And oh, don't forget to go ahead and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. 